Patient Voices is published by the American Thoracic Society Public Advisory Roundtable, the Society's partnership with organizations representing persons affected by respiratory diseases, critical illnesses, or sleep-related conditions. This ats PAR recording features patient speakers at the ATS 2017 International Conference in Washington, D.C. Can you imagine laying in bed next to your spouse with this contraction over your face? I was already attached to a pump delivering Flolan, a life-saving medication for my pulmonary arterial hypertension that had to be surgically connected to my body with the very, very tip of the catheter inside my heart. I felt ugly, unlovable, alien. There was no way I was going to add something else to cover my face. Very difficult this school year watching my son's grades plummet because his school this year isn't as understanding as his prior schools were to his asthma. And so he actually got his first F this year. And my son's an honorable student, A's and B's all the way. And to see that he had an F, he, it broke his heart. And he started crying. And like There was nothing as a parent that I could do because I tried to fight against it, even had an educational advocate. But because D.C. has rules, they have to abide by The unpredictable nature of my illness fills me with sadness. I have always been an optimist and a talker, you can tell, a social individual, but now I struggle with a big secret that I'll share with you. I don't share it with a lot of people. Anxiety and depression have become a part of my life surrounding this chronic illness. I fear that doing, even doing everything suggested that it might not be enough. It was believed I was going to die. I only had a 5% chance of survival. The next three amputation surgeries were completed, as well as about 20 additional surgeries. And I was transferred to an acute hospital on February 3rd, and this would be my, my recovery site for the next five months. I couldn't eat or drink anything. My protein levels dropped dramatically, and I lost all of my hair. My weight dropped to 70 pounds. And so we're racing racing with all of our might because there's so much hope but it's just beyond my reach because my life and the lives of others like me hang in the balance because time is of the essence and the clock is quickly ticking and most of all because nobody has a bigger vested interest in game-changing breakthroughs than those of us whose lives depend on them and the people who love us we need positive and targeted messaging, positively framed verbal and written messages, ideally targeted to individual circumstances, using language such as, we have plenty of things to assist you in quitting, and we will find the right tools that will help you break the habit. Letting them know what is out there to assist them, and that perhaps the cost of these tools may be uh, available at no cost. Patients presenting for lung cancer screenings need to hear that quitting is possible and does not need to be painful. Letting them know the positives of being a non-smoker and phrasing that in a positive light by saying, 
when you do quit smoking, this is what improves. It has been quite a journey. Trying to stay healthy while raising young children was a roller coaster. In an effort to slow lamb, I took Depo-Provera, 400 milligrams a month for a year before the gathered information clearly showed it was not effective. My husband deserves an award for seeing me through that very undiplomatic <laughs> The constant fear of a pneumo, with every chest discomfort I ask myself, is it a pneumo or just a chest twinge? Is it necessary to visit the doctor or the hospital? I went through kidney failure, four pneumothoraxes, a buildup of fluid around my lungs, multiple instances of cardiac arrest, and a secondary infection called Pseudomonas. My family learned to never give up hope. On several occasions, my husband was told to say his goodbyes. But they didn't give up. Uh, it's very important for medical personnel to impart that on patients and family, not to give up hope. I was placed on BiPAP, which I hate. And um, they told me if they put me on a vent that I probably would not come off of it because I only had um, about 67% of my lungs capacity. So I was very scared, and I did not, you know, want to be vented, so I fought really, really hard. And I was extremely tired, and the difference there was no visitation, not seeing my family. Um, you know, it, it was just like night and day. And I missed them, and that stressed me out. And the more stressed I got, the harder it was for me to breathe. My son and sister pushed me to see my physician. I knew my primary physician was once again going to say, lose weight, exercise, and sleep more. That was not the case this time. She ordered tests, lots of tests, and I still believe that nothing much was wrong that I couldn't control. Many, many tests later, appointments and doctors later, I was diagnosed with idiopathic pulmonary arterial hypertension. 